Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 20. After our usual segments of In the Kitchen and Movement Makeover, we will be discussing self-sabotage. If you would like to submit a question, head over to realmomsreallife.com. Don't forget, all of the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Good morning, Andrea. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Oh, you know, just a little tired, but uh, other than that, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, life a little bit with uh, with a little one, I think. Yes, Absolutely. Uh, I wanted to tell you that I am loving what you're sharing over on Facebook, your new your new logo that's coming out and all of that. Yes, I am uh, completely rebranding. Um, I'm actually going to end up dropping my business name, Life, Liberty, and Health, and I'm going to be rebranding under Dr. Andrea Moore. And so don't go to DrAndreaMoore.com yet. Unless you're listening to this in a few weeks. I don't know. Maybe by the time this is out, it'll be up. But, uh, yeah. I am, yeah, completely rebranding. So it's really exciting, but it's definitely a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. I think that I love that you're doing that and you're taking the plunge. I know that I've been thinking about it just as the focus of my practice sort of changes, I, you know, trying to get something more encompassing. I remember my husband telling me, because BethCampbell.com is not available, he's like, you shouldn't have taken my last name, because we've had my maiden name, BethCampbell.com, for years, and it's like, but that's, I haven't been gone with that last name in, for a really long time, so I love that you're taking the plunge to do that, and I think it'll be really worth it in the end, and I love, I love what you're doing. That's so funny, yeah, AndreaMoore.com was taken. And my maiden name is Grunberger, and I didn't even check. I'm sure that was not taken. But it was actually a really big uh, kind of like mental decision, journaling process, whatever you want to call it, that I went through to go to Andrea Moore. And I'm going to kind of end up dropping the Grunberger. I mean, it's officially my middle name, but I've been hesitant. Like, I introduced myself as Andrea Grunberger Moore. But, like, who says their middle name in their introduction? Like, that's silly. So I'm... I'm starting to embrace my new identity. <laughs> yeah, I kept all of my names. So I generally introduce myself as Beth Campbell, but I still there that that part of me, the history, I feel like like you came, came with a name that's a little less common to a name that's a little bit more common. All right. Well, you are up this week with our in the kitchen tip. So what are we what are we doing this week, Andrea? All right, it is investing in a garlic press if you do not have anyone or if you do not have one. <laughs> um, I use mine all the time. Like I used to mince garlic, you know, you have to like chop it up really fine. And I would avoid using garlic in recipes and I'd like skip it because I'm like, I don't have time to like cut it up. And then I got a garlic press and it's like amazing how quick, how much quicker it is. It minces it up super fine. It's perfect. I don't know. Do you ever use one? I do. I do use one in like what I'm going to say like fancier recipes or recipes that I'm sauteing. But if I just want garlic, I will admit that I keep a gar of a jar, a gar, a jar of minced garlic in the fridge so that I can just scoop some out and put it in. So taking it kind of one step easier. But 
I do really like the garlic press. I feel like it's nice. And my biggest pet peeve about garlic is that when I cut it up, my fingers smell like it for days upon days. Like, I love garlic, but I don't want my hands to smell like it. So definitely garlic press helps a lot, especially if you're making something that like garlic is sort of the center of of the of the dish it's not covered up by a bunch of other seasonings and spices then yes fresh garlic is all the way and I totally love the garlic press for sure all right so now on to your movement makeover so my tip this week is to just find moments to stretch so I find that sometimes when I'm in the shower, like if I'm shaving my legs, I will do it in a position that I'm getting like a hip flexor stretch. Maybe not the safest idea if you don't have a non-slip bottom to your shower, but I also will do like a standing hamstring stretch. And I feel like when I'm doing it in the shower, there's like the warm water running down and it makes it feel a lot better. And I'll even, while brushing my teeth, I'll put my foot up on the toilet to stretch my hamstrings or I'll stretch my quads and just try to find those little moments that I'm standing, kind of doing a little next to nothing, and I can add a little stretch in. Yes, I love that. I also do the hamstring stretch while I'm shaving my legs, which happens, you know, like once every other week, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why I had to add the brushing the teeth one in because... Yeah. Maybe now more often that it's getting warm out. Um, but yeah, I also find like calf stretching is pretty easy to do. Mm-hmm. Like you just like stick your foot up on the wall... Um, I, you know what I do a lot at work is I stretch my piriformis out while I'm working on someone as I just put my leg up on the treatment table, like at the figure four position and uh, get a nice hamstring stretch while I'm working. That's funny because I'll do that too. And it's, I feel like because we're in this profession, it's so subconscious sometimes when we do it. I work a lot on the floor with the kids that I see. So I put myself in positions that I'm getting a stretch. And then I also, because the stretch eventually starts to get uncomfortable, I have to shift more instead of just falling into like a slouch posture or something. It's like, oh, hey, be mindful. Start moving. I think we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. So, totally. Yeah. yeah, good one if you're, if you're just like sitting at your desk, which I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this might be or just find themselves sitting a lot, is just crossing your, you know, ankle over your opposite knee and then like leaning forward into it and you can get a really good hip stretch at and not really look really awkward doing it that's another one I do perfect so let's see if you guys can find some of those ways to get them in this week we are going to move on to our topic for the week and our topic is self-sabotage if you are a part of our facebook group which i highly recommend you join and it's really andrea's facebook group so (laughs) but we link to it here she did a lot of little videos on self-sabotage and we wanted to bring it to the podcast for the rest of you so why don't you get us started all right yeah self-sabotage it's kind of a big heavy topic uh but doesn't have to be just take it in little bits but basically self-sabotage is when we engage in behaviors or scenarios or patterns that basically get is us getting in our own way of accomplishing our goals or our desires it's often when we know what to do but we aren't doing it so if you're like I know how to eat healthy I know I should be exercising I know I should be fitting in these stretches but you're not doing it and this is a consistent pattern, there, honestly, I would say there's almost guaranteed to be some self-sabotaging behavior. And sometimes that's hard for people to admit or face uh, because it kind of sucks to have to admit that it's actually not your husband or your kid or 
such and such that's getting in your way, but it really is yourself. Now, could these other, you know, external factors be impacting you? Absolutely. However, we all are in control of ourselves. And um, I want to talk about some ways that, or some, first let's talk about some things that we often do as self-sabotage. So one of the most, most common ones is negative self-talk. So that voice in your head that's like, oh, I'm stupid, or that was stupid, or oh, gosh, I screwed up again, um, or you'll never be able to do, or I'll never be able to, you know, do this, or I never follow through on diets, or I can never eat healthy, or I could never have time for that. All of that is negative self-talk. Um, our brains very, very much listen to what we say to them, and they, the way our mind works is what you're saying to your in your own internal head, your brain wants to be true. So it really will create an environment where what you're constantly telling yourself becomes the truth. So you have to really be careful of what you're saying to yourself. And I encourage you when you find, when you have those moments of negative self-talk is put it in a scenario of as if your friend was saying that. And what would you say back to her? And usually that's a really quick way to get yourself out of it. Like if your friend was like, oh my God, I'm so dumb or I could never do that. You wouldn't be like, yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> you could never accomplish that. You'd be like, no, oh my gosh. Okay, well, how can we break this down? Like, let's look at this a different way. And so just do that to yourself. Um, another really, really common one, especially amongst moms is something is always more important than me. Um, and when you have a baby or an infant and, you know, or even just a child that absolutely needs you, like you do have to put them first and that's okay. So this isn't about being like, yes, you should put yourself first a hundred percent of the time. It's what it becomes a pattern of something is always coming in front of you. So it's, you know, when you find yourself, well, I couldn't stick to that meal plan because, work got too busy or my week got too busy or my kids had too many things on the schedule. It's like when that is constantly the quote unquote excuse, that's usually when that form of self-sabotage is creeping in. Um, another one is procrastination. So putting it off until tomorrow, until Monday, until after spring break, until after the holidays, all of those are forms of procrastination and are definitely a way of just delaying you know, doing what you want to do and accomplishing your goals. Uh, the last one I want to talk about today is perfectionism. So that's the, well, you know, I was going to eat really healthy this week, but then I forgot to bring my lunch. And so I had to eat out. So I may as well just start again next week. Um, or, you know, it's not okay to make a mistake. So I can't really even start this exercise plan to begin with because I don't have the right shoes yet or I don't exactly have the right schedule outlined, whatever it is. It's like basically not starting something because you're worried about failing um, or it not being perfect. So those are the big ones. There are absolutely more, but for the sake of this episode, I don't want to go into every single last detail. I don't know what you think. I, of. I love those four. I would like to add one more just because it's one that I feel like I fall into really often, and that's pride. Um, I, just this morning, that was my self-sabotage technique. I got up, my husband was awake, but rolling around, and I just said, you know, I got up, started to get my daughter ready, and I was kind of huffing and puffing because I just know that I could have asked him to do something, and he would have done it without any complaint or 
it would have been totally appropriate. But I was like, no, I can do it myself. And then I was resentful for the fact that he wasn't helping, but I didn't ask him to help. And I know that that's part of our relationship. And I do have a lot of pride in that. Like, I can do it all. I can be a stay-at-home mom and a working mom and like a little bit of everything because you know, I stay home four days a week. My child goes to childcare three days a week. So I feel like I have this balance or lack of balance with all of it. And pride is definitely one of my biggest self-sabotage strategies. Although the other ones I feel like I've worked on a lot more. Pride is the one that I think is hardest for me to get, to get rid of. Yeah, that is, I'm so glad you brought that one up. That is a really, really common one. Yeah. Not asking for help for sure. And I feel like that almost in a way, like, has a little bit to do with perfectionism. Maybe not, but I think it can for a lot of people because it's like, well, my husband's just not going to, you know, get the kid dressed just right or they're not going to clean the dishes right. And that that would be perfectionism too. So I think recognizing like what what is your pride about and and sometimes it might even be in the like the I am not enough, like oh, well is this me? I'm not like a good enough mother if I can't do this all myself and things like that. Um but yeah, that is I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you for sharing that and being vulnerable. That's my, that's my life, right? Um, (laughs) And I do, you just mentioned kind of how to recognize. I think that the first step in, in all of this is probably the first step of just about every, I don't know, recovery program is recognizing when you're doing it. So I know that for me, that negative self-talk, I learned to recognize that a while ago. That's something that early on, I remember seeing a therapist in college, and she was one of those that just kind of sat there and let me talk. And I thought that was a little weird that she didn't really say much. But eventually, I got to the answer on my own, and I needed to know that I could get to the answer on my own. And doing that and being in that kind of situation was like, wait a minute, I can talk myself out of this. I know how to do this. I know how to recognize when I'm saying things I shouldn't say. I am a firm, firm believer in fake it till you make it because exactly those thoughts that you mentioned, your body wants, your brain wants to be true. So if you change your thoughts and you start acting the way that you want to feel, you will begin to feel that way. So I feel like being aware of when you're doing it is the first step. And maybe it's hard to be aware of when you're doing it first, but maybe you start paying attention to the people around you and don't judge them, but just recognize that, hey, they're doing this right now. Oh, I do that too, because it's a lot easier to see it in other people than it is yourself. Absolutely. And if you catch yourself judging somebody I would absolutely turn that back inwards because normally what we judge people for is something that we are consciously or unconsciously kind of worried about in ourselves. So if you are like, oh my God, this person is always late or like they're a hot mess or, you know, you're finding yourself saying stuff like that about people, like probably because one, you're worried about either being perceived that way yourself or you kind of have your moments where you're a hot mess and no judgment there because that's me. <laughs> um, like it happens. Um, so, but, but catching yourself when you are in that middle of judgment or like, let's say you have a friend who has been talking about 
I don't know, eating healthy. And all of a sudden she, you, she, you see her next and she's eating a donut and you're like, man, why can't this woman ever stick to a plan? Like, again, turn that inwards because if you find yourself really reactive to what other people are doing, it's probably, it's almost always something that you yourself are engaging with as much as you probably do not want to admit that. And it might not be directly that behavior. So let's say you see someone smoking and you're like, well, smoking really bothers me and I, I don't smoke. Well, it might not be that. It might be some other addictive behavior that you can't control yourself. So don't take everything 100% at face value, but use it as a starting point for sure. So once we recognize that we're doing some of these behaviors, do you have any tips on how to prevent or limit them? Yeah, absolutely. I, we're going to come back to journaling. <laughs> journaling is absolutely huge. And really asking yourself, like, what would it mean if I accomplished my goal? Because a lot of times when we first, you know, at, at face value, if I was like, you are self-sabotaging yourself because you actually don't want to be healthy, you'd be like, what, what are you talking about? Of course I want to be healthy. Like, who doesn't want to feel like they have tons of energy and they're vibrant, you know, and all this stuff. And so it feels kind of weird that we would self-sabotage against a behavior like that. However, when you can uncover, okay, what would it mean if I was really healthy and I had all this energy in the world and I could do this and this, sometimes some scary things come up. So it might mean all of a sudden that, so it, it might mean like some other self-limiting beliefs come up too, but um, so just recognize that. So it might mean, okay, if I have energy, then I don't have an excuse to ask for help anymore because well, why should I be able to ask my husband for help if he sees that I'm like bouncing around the house and, and super happy and look great? And again, that uncovers a new self-limiting belief that would be that you have to be tired to ask for help because that's not true at all. You can ask for help whenever you damn well please. <laughs> and if you're in a you know partnership, you should be getting that help on equal you know, terms there. So um, another thing that people kind of stop themselves from is pursuing a goal. So let's say... Like I had a client who she came to me for a weight loss goal and when it came down, and I may have even talked about this before, but when it came down to it, she wanted to lose weight because she wanted to apply for a position in a different field. And that position was full of really young, like skinny women for whatever reason. And she felt like she couldn't apply until she had lost a certain amount of weight, but the job qualifications had nothing to do with weight loss at all. And we kind of uncovered that some of her behaviors of self-sabotage were where she was just scared about entering a new field. So it was kind of a way of putting that off. Like, well, I can't yet apply because I haven't yet achieved my weight loss goal. And if I keep self-sabotaging my weight loss goal, then I never have to apply and put myself out there in this really scary scenario where I'm twice the age, literally, of most of these women. And I probably will get turned down a bunch before I find a position that works. Like, no one wants to set themselves up for failure. Um, and that's what she felt like she would be doing if she just went and applied. But we uncovered some stuff, and that's not true. Um, there are some other things that needed to happen first. Anyways, we won't go into that too much. But So I would look into, like, what what is it that might be scary when you actually achieve your goal? And for some, it might be also money-related. So, okay, if I, you know, apply for this promotion – then this is going to mean I make a lot of money. And then, oh my gosh, what are my friends going to think of me if all of a sudden I have all this money? Because again, most people at face value be like, why the hell would I want more money in my life? But for, money can bring up a lot of weird things for people too. 
So there's a lot that can come up. Definitely. I, my husband told me one thing once and I have to try to remember it all, but you can either be, you, there's three things that you can be. You can be wealthy, you can be honest, and you can be humble. You cannot be all three. You can only be two of the three. So just your comment about the, the money, it's like, well, you can be humble and wealthy, or you can be honest and wealthy, or you can be honest and humble, but not wealthy. So it's it's just, there's always a give and take, and you have to be willing to, to give some and lose some. But I would like to add... I feel like one of the big things for me to kind of prevent and limit some of my self-sabotage strategies is learning what motivates me. And I don't mean like specifically like a thing, but what style of motivation to that I require. And I have all of my clients when they start take Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendency Quiz, where you find out if you're an obliger or an upholder or a questioner or a rebel. And basically, that is a, a personality framework that says, I meet expectations either, I will meet expectations I set for myself or expectations that other people set for me, or I don't meet expectations, or kind of, there's a variety of different combinations in it, and I will link to the quiz. It has a nice explanation once you take it and get your result. I personally am an obliger, which means if I want to do something just for me, it's probably not going to happen. I have to set up some sort of accountability structure that makes it so that it can happen. And now that I know that, it's been so much easier to take some time for myself, to ask for help, to even to say no sometimes because I'm that kind of person that if somebody asks me, hey, can you do this? I want to be like, oh, you know what? I will, I'll figure it out. I'll rearrange my life so that I can do this. When really, if I look at it, here I am thinking like, okay, this is, I like to do things for other people, but a lot of times the best way for me to help other people is to help myself first, even my own child and my family and my clients. If I am not in a good state of mind, that does not allow me to help other people. So really being aware of these self-sabotage techniques and knowing that the way that I meet expectations is through outer accountability helps me be the most successful in making change and achieving the goals that I truly want, but my desire to want those goals is not enough sometimes. Totally. And I love Gretchen Rubin's quiz. Uh, that's a great, great resource. I myself am a rebel. So and it's kind of funny. She's like, yeah, I don't really know what to do about rebels. I feel like she does not have the greatest tips, but I haven't read the whole book. But um, I have, I have found my own ways to motivate myself as well. So in, I mean, even just being an entrepreneur is obviously kind of a, a rebel thing because I'm like, screw nine to five. I don't want to be involved in that. But what's really funny is I found myself so entrenched in my own like social media bubble of entrepreneurs that it didn't feel like a rebel thing anymore. Like it felt like what everyone else was doing. And so I actually lost motivation for a while for that reason. Cause I felt like this is just like, so I don't know what everyone else is doing. This isn't it. And so I kind of have to keep reminding myself that like, no, 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 that actually is against the grain. Like women entrepreneurs are not a huge percentage of the population at all. So 
Um, just even little things like that helps me be like, okay, yeah, I got to stick with this. I got to show them that I don't have to work a nine to five job to be successful. So yes, I love finding your thing of motivation for sure. My husband is also a rebel, so I can kind of, I understand it a little bit from the spousal standpoint. And I also think that's really important to find the people that are close to you, figure out what tendencies they are. So for me, it's like, I know that I can ask him to do things and he will do them. But I also have to know that I have to ask a certain way. And I also know that it has to be done in his own time. And the things that I need to ask are things that he's going to feel are important. So it's, it seems like it might be complicated, but it's all about like when really when you're looking at talking to a partner, which is what I think the most important is, is having that strong relationship with your partner is you know, just need to know them and you need to know where they're coming from, what, how they meet expectations and then how to kind of share that together. So it's something that I really, I really like to, to share with everyone. Yeah. And I want to go back to that thing that your, your husband said about the humble, wealthy and honest thing, because I would, with a belief like that, it's like, you can take that one step further. So if he, and I have no idea what he values out of this at all. So sorry if I'm like, I don't want to put any words into his mouth. But so if he feels that humbleness is a key, like core value to himself, then that in, in believing that, then he'll, he'll basically feel like he could never be wealthy because I'm sure honesty is, a, I'm going to guess, is a core value to him as well. It is to most people. And so therefore he can never be wealthy if he believes that. But so it's like, and I think like being humble is oftentimes looked at as a desirable trait. When you look at the definition of being humble, I just pulled it up just to make sure I wasn't like making things up in my head. It says having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's own importance. And I would kind of for myself like challenge that of is humble really a quality that you actually want? Or is it something that we've just kind of been trained to believe is a good quality? For me, I don't want to be humble, so I'm going to pick the honest and wealthy. Um, and that might be what he picks too as well. But at face value, when you first said that, I was like, what the hell? I don't believe that at all. I think we can be all three. And then I was like, wait, no, no, no. Like, what are those definitions? Oh, no, I actually don't want to be humble. You're right. I don't. I think it would be pretty hard to be wealthy and be very humble. Um, so, like, I, I get where he's saying um, saying that. So I would say if you have some belief like that, Look at it and really examine the belief in itself um, because it might just because you have a belief doesn't mean it's true or maybe it used to be true and you no longer it, it's no longer serving you anymore as well. Well, and I actually, you know, now that you're talking about I'm starting to think it's possible that the wealthy is might be interchangeable with successful because success and wealth doesn't don't necessarily always mean the same thing but I think of wealth not necessarily from a monetary standpoint but like I feel like a wealth of success so but yeah I mean he's we do tend to give up on the humbleness and I think that historically being humble, humility is that, I think that's the correct word, the other word that I'm looking for. Being humble was a really positive trait, but I believe that the way that current society is transitioning, we need to give up on that. I think humility is 
kind of goes in a little bit with that uh, maybe perfectionism, pride sort of self-sabotage, that it is something that we need to kind of let go in order to allow ourselves to be successful and or wealthy because I'm not one to be very willing to give up honesty because I think that that's really important in what relationships and trust and everything is built on. So uh, thank you for bringing that up about about humility. I did... Well, I didn't want to give anyone a, a choice, but it was it's it's a level of comfort and it's I actually just posted today, so it'll be a couple of weeks ago after this airs about kind of in- intimacy and feeling comfortable with the people around you and choosing the people that you trust to be intimate with and I think that that's where you can get rid of humility and you can just say I'm going to be who I am and I'm going to be honest about it. And if you want to be successful in in anything, it doesn't necessarily have to be business. I want to be a successful mom. I mean, I think that's a great thing to achieve. You don't, nobody's going to be a perfect mother. You want, I want to be successful at it. I want to feel good about what I'm doing. I want to feel happy about what I'm doing. I want to feel like I make some good decisions and I know I make some bad ones, but most of them are going to be good. You have to surround yourself with people that you can share your successes with and that you can be honest with because if you're surrounded by people that you just have to kind of pull back and shy away, it's not going to help you grow in whatever way you choose. Totally. And yeah, I agree on the wealth not necessarily being about money. It might just be a wealth of yeah, whatever you consider to be success. Um, which can be a huge range of things. And uh, yeah, I, I could, I feel like I could talk about the humility thing a lot. I think as women, we feel like we have to be humble and we're not allowed to be like, you know what? This morning I made a kick-ass breakfast for my baby while I was, you know, juggling three other things. Like how badass am I? Like humility, like I don't feel like not being humble is about like bragging and being like, Oh my God, I'm like the best person in the world. Like I'm so amazing. Like I'm better than you. Like you can be not humble. (laughs) You don't have to be humble, but you also, it doesn't mean you're better than anyone else. I don't think owning up to your successes is like, I feel like a lot of people see that as like, um, announcing yourself as being better than someone else, but it doesn't mean that you're just acknowledging your own accomplishments And if you don't acknowledge your own accomplishments, no matter how small they are, like I changed my baby's diaper this morning. Like seriously, congratulations. Like that is an accomplishment. Have you ever changed a diaper of a baby that's like wrestling you and like crying and what? It's hard. (laughs) It's hard. Like some people might be like, screw it. Stay in your dirty diaper. Like any little accomplishment, like you're allowed to be proud of. And I feel like sometimes we feel like we're not allowed to be proud of those little things, which limits us from ever feeling successful. So. Perfect. I will add, after you mentioned changing the diaper, back to Gretchen Rubin because you guys should probably go listen to her because I love her podcast. I like her sister's podcast, even though I have no relationship to Hollywood at all. But um, I, they talked once about instead of a to-do list, making a, like, I did list. I don't remember exactly what they call it. But basically, you write a list down of everything that you did that day. Because a lot of times we have this list and it's like, oh, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And you don't get it done. 
But there was something else you were doing during that time. And most likely, it wasn't that you were sitting on the couch watching Netflix all day. But even if it was, I would put, like, finished the entire season of Oranges and the New Black in one day. Yes! You know, be aware that your time hasn't completely disappeared from you. That there is there are things that you've done. Even if it is, quote-unquote, I just took care of my kid all day. I mean, that's a lot. Kid's still alive at the end of the day. Yes! You did that. So thinking about everything that you can do kind of to wrap this up, we've talked about a lot of ways that we self-sabotage ourselves. That's totally redundant the way I just said it, but we do things that sort of push us back and make us feel like we're not worthy and know that there are ways to recognize this. You can start to journal to kind of change that conversation. You can meditate to change that conversation. You can have practices. I like, like this morning after my moment of self-sabotage, I decided to start singing in the shower. And that made me just feel so much better. I would pick some happy songs. I have some playlists that I like that kind of boost me up and make me feel really good about myself. And then if you understand how you meet expectations, you can then really achieve those goals that you want. And it could be a goal of becoming an entrepreneur and having your own business and making a full you know, salary of working from home while raising six kids. It might be, I just want to get through this tough season of, of life. You know, this, you know, I want my kids to be happy and healthy and fairly well-mannered in some ways or another and maybe listen to me 25% of the time. Whatever your goals are, you can find ways to make it happen. Absolutely. I love that. I feel like I could keep talking more, but... I won't. (laughs) That sounds good. And I feel like we talked a lot about kind of taking care of ourselves this week. So we are going to skip the me time segment. Before I close out, do you have anything else to add? This self-sabotage stuff, it's, there's a lot you can do on your own, but do not feel like you can't ask for help. Like we've talked about, like most of my self-sabotage behaviors, I helped, I uncovered with, through therapists, with a coach. And I mean, that's a big reason why I went ahead and became a life coach so I could help people deal with these behaviors as well. So like reach out if you need help. Some of the stuff can be really hard. Sometimes it can be hard to see it in yourself or even if you do see it in yourself, you just don't even know where to go from there. So please reach out. Um, I do free discovery sessions. Um, Reach out to, you know, whoever else feels appropriate, but you're not in this alone. Anyway, that's all I wanted to add. (laughs) Thank you. That's a really great reminder. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. Next week, we are lucky enough to have a special guest coming on to answer the ins and outs of lab testing. Follow us on social media for news updates and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Feats of Real Eats and Andrea at Life Liberty Health on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com. Oh, no, he was, oh my God, he was making so much noise. He was, like, cracking himself up. He was, like, moving around his entire cage and, like, pushing at the dog. And, like, he was laughing, so it was so That's why I was cracking up. It was, like, oh my God, so... <laughs>